This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Inflation is everywhere. Like seriously, make it stop. Well, thankfully, Mint Mobile is giving you a much needed break on your wireless bill. Mint Mobile lets you order from home and save a ton with phone plans starting at just 15 bucks a month. Order today at mintmobile.com slash MLM. I've definitely spoken about the hollow motivational speakers at MLM events and how MLM team leads themselves can fall into these roles. Honestly, is network marketing your primary or your secondary focus in life? And if it's secondary, can you expect to succeed if it stays secondary? By now, many of us just probably assume that this comes along with the turf. Flowery, vague, you-can-do-it sentiments are all just part of being in an MLM. And that's true without a doubt. Simply being a motivational speaker is a profession. And while some of them may be fantastic, others, and especially those within the MLM arena, just repeat the same ideas about empowerment and success over and over and over again without really giving you a clear goal in mind. Plus, those who talk about MLMs helping them climb out of poverty also tend to neglect to mention how much of their money has come from their audience. Like, yes, maybe some money has come from having a downline, but how much has actually come from book sales, speaking engagements, views? How many times does someone need to be told to stay motivated before they realize that maybe motivation isn't the issue here? And the truth is, the road to success is not one or the other. The road to success is one failure stacked on top of another, stacked on top of another. Stand back up. Embrace failure. Don't give up. Remember your goal. Visualize your success. Believe in yourself. And then what? Is that the only advice these speakers have? And if so, why is it so popular? And why do MLMs keep hiring these people? Unfortunately, as it turns out, there's actually a history to this niche profession within MLMs itself. A scam within a scam, a scam Russian nesting doll, so to speak. So today on Multilevel Mondays, I wanna tear apart that doll and see what we can actually find inside. Where did all of this actually begin? cannot expect to have massive success if this is something you do in between the other stuff that you're focused on. Magic touch. You've heard them say that about someone. Everything he touches turns to gold. And have you ever noticed that a man who becomes successful tends to continue to become successful? And on the other hand, have you noticed how a man who's a failure tends to This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. It began with tapes, as in cassette tapes. If you're too young to know what that is, just hurt me more, I guess. It's okay. Sean Munger has a fantastic deep dive on Amway and their history with cassette tapes, and 
While I'm not going to say that Amway was the very first MLM to monetize motivation, they were definitely one of the first ones, if not the first one to popularize it as much as they did. See, all the way back in the 1970s, Amway claimed that they were the embodiment of the American dream. It seemed simple. You could go around selling soap, convincing others to sell soap and make a halfway decent living doing it. Amway's role as a company was minor. They just manufactured the soap. Whoever your upline was, typically a middle-class white man, as Sean says, they'd often draw you a board plan that was filled with circles. Seriously, if you Google Amway board plan, you'll pretty much see what I mean. Now, quote, it's called showing the plan or in slang terms, drawing circles. And a story like this is the beginning of nearly every Amway story. Unfortunately, if you look at the circles just a little bit closer, it's clearly not a typical legit business plan, but a little bit more triangular shaped. The arrangement may be a little different, but the concept is the same. Sell soap to a few people, sign them up, they sign others up and so on and so forth. What this math fails to mention is that after 13 cycles, you will literally run out of people on the planet. Not everyone can be the center of the bubble and not everyone can make money with Amway. Now the company might make money and the people at the main bubble or the top of the pyramid may do well, but it's mathematically impossible for anything more than a mere fraction of people to make money. And once people start realizing this for themselves and losing money or failing to garner a downline naturally, they're going to be just a bit demotivated. And here's where those tapes come in. It was a sort of not really optional to buy tools, AKA tapes and books from your upline. Aside from actual soap, you'll also end up with books like The Possible Dream, The Magic of Thinking Big, and Don't Let Anybody Steal Your Dream. According to Sean, they were known as BSMs or business support materials, and they were meant to draw circles and recruit other members. Various sites and books have discussed these support materials, stating that the phrase, don't let anyone steal your dream, practically became Amway's slogan over the years. As one story reads, quote, I've watched my 36-year-old daughter who joined Amway five years ago lose her mental and physical health and an excellent job pursuing the Amway dream. She is broke, in debt, separated from her husband, living with her mother in a tiny room with one entire wall filled with Amway books and tapes. She is still a true believer that riches and glories are just around the corner and that Amway is the only way to make a living. Is there anything an outsider can do to help her see another point of view? We know the slogan, don't let anyone steal your dream, which I guess means that one should stay in denial at all costs. For those of you that left, what was the turning point? Did the words of others ever make a difference? Should we just sit back and wait? Honestly, even the title of the book just sounds like a giant red flag. Knowing how Amway and other companies like it operate, I like, I don't know, I guess it's sometimes hard to see when you're on the inside, but from the outside looking in, it seems kind of obvious. The phrase, don't let anyone steal your dream, gives a very us against the world impression that we've seen plenty of MLMs do a lot and more than I'd like to admit. And not to mention those books aren't exactly telling the other side of the story, like those who lose money. While I really don't want to use purely anecdotal evidence as something concrete, when there are just countless stories from those who say that Amway distributors speak as if they're brainwashed or part of a cult, I do kind of start to believe them when Amway has so many hallmarks of a cult already. Now, others of course are just gonna get straight to the point about how they feel about this motivational material. Quote, if you have to buy a tape or book to get motivation, you're not going to get motivated. It doesn't work that way. 
fair enough. I'd change their sentiment just a touch and say that if you have to buy a tape or book to stay motivated, it won't work. A book or a tape may make someone think that they can make money, but it won't change the actual business model they're involved in. At the end of the day, if someone is a victim of a pyramid scheme, no hollow promises are gonna change that. No amount of motivation is going to change that. And that's the key difference between true business owners and MLMers. Motivation can change a small business. Working hard and a solid attitude can open doors. However, if you're literally destined to fail as the vast majority of people stuck in pyramid scheme type business situations are, it's not really gonna matter how motivated you are. People selling books and tapes are profiting off these people's determination and desperation. They're not really helping anyone, even if of course they kid themselves into thinking they are. Unfortunately, this sentiment of you have to be motivated stuck with a lot of people in the MLM world, and it's followed downlines around everywhere, spreading throughout pyramid scheme-like communities to this day. Holding a when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply up next to your face and saying, no, 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 here's your dream. No, 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 remember? No, 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 this is where you said you wanted to go. Oh, Motivational yes, yes. you can do it speak evolved from this point onward. Soon it didn't become about keeping sellers selling, but about keeping them buying tapes. The Cult Education Institute explained that the pressure to buy tapes was intense and distributors were strongly encouraged to listen to at least one a day. The tapes were about $5 each, which in today's money would be around $17 a tape. That's about $120 each week when the tapes only cost 60 cents or in today's money, $2.24 to make. That means the profit on these tapes by my calculations is a little over $100 in today's money. Now, is that a life-changing amount of money? Not anymore because of inflation, but these people had massive downlines too. If you've got 100 people buying tapes from you, then it's no wonder the higher-ups were doing really well for themselves. They don't need to worry about selling the product at all. They just need to keep their downlines motivated. Now, there's also the cost of meetings. Amvox, the voicemail service, a starter kit, the books, the list goes on. Yet distributors got so sucked into these tools that kingpins, leaders within the tape business, could make as much as $10,000 a night at rallies by selling their products. And that's old money, $10,000, not current $10,000, quote, Kingpins would set up tables at the entrances to these rallies, typically in large hotel ballrooms, or in some cases, stadiums and sports venues, and offer all the latest tapes at a gigantic markup. Much of the time they sold out, from distributors attending the rallies who just had to have that extra dose of motivation. This was the business within a business, and Sean argues that it's where the real cult of Amway lies. Now, most of us know about Scamway's products and all, but the true evil, the true cultish behavior is with the tools business. Distributors would pass around one of the earliest motivational tapes by a supposed born salesman called The Strangest Secret and exchange copies of how to win friends and influence people like they were keys to growing a business. Here's a clip of these inspiring tapes. Conformity. And there you have the trouble today. It's conformity, people acting like everyone else without knowing why, without knowing where they're going. Now think of it. 
In America right now, there are over 18 million people 65 years of age and older. And most of them are broke. They're dependent on someone else for life. They seem to have the magic touch. You've heard them say that about someone. Everything he touches turns to gold. And have you ever noticed that a man who becomes successful tends to continue to become successful? And on the other hand, have you noticed how a man who's a failure tends don't to Don't conform, and if you work hard and honestly but don't succeed, it's because you didn't have the right tools. Now, some of what Nightingale says does make sense, but some of it is just meaningless metaphor after metaphor repeating the same thing in different ways over and over, at least in my opinion. But, you know, of course, it will be linked in my sources and you can take a listen and, you know, see what you think. Hell, by the way, that strangest secret tape didn't just inspire business people, by the way, but conservative evangelistic preachers too. You know how televangelists also use this feel-good motivational message? It's all from the same sources. Isn't that just a little fucky? And one of these evangelical preachers that followed these motivational tapes was none other than Norman Vincent Peale, the Trump family preacher. So just another little tie-in for y'all. Now, scammers inspire scammers, and MLMs inspire other MLMs, as we've seen. And as Amway distributors and other MLMers listen to these messages over and over, the opportunity for this scam nesting egg truly formed. Doug Weed, a conservative commentator and author, wrote, quote, A bright young man who will remain nameless changed everything. He sat across from Dexter Yeager and Bill Britt in a coffee shop of the Fontainebleau Hotel and told Yeager that for a $50,000 investment, he could buy the latest machinery and set up his own tape duplicating company. Dexter turned him down. Britt said, I'll do it. And so the modern networking tape business was born. Now, it's not clear if Weed himself is that bright young man, but whoever this bright young man is, I don't really care to meet him. He, Bill Britt, and Dexter Yeager were effectively the Amway grifters of that age, selling false hope to the masses. And believe me, it's very clearly false hope. There's evidence that Amway was already financially exhausted within just a couple years. Every door had been knocked on, the people at the top were comfy in their positions, and there really wasn't new money to be had. But even if there wasn't enough money going around, people's hope had not died out. And that's what was targeted next. In the years that followed, as the FTC investigated Amway, they had to become especially careful within how they operated. One tape from an Amway meeting around this time reveals exactly how the higher-ups were thinking. Dugweed wanted to put more money in the plan, as in making the selling of products and recruitment more profitable so that the kingpins wouldn't need to sell tapes, books, and tickets anymore. However, as Sean explains, this wasn't exactly possible. Quote, If Amway tinkered with the plan, it would have run the risk of crossing the very fine red lines the FTC drew around it in the 1979 decision, the only thing that kept the whole empire technically legal. So instead, the higher-ups had chosen to closely watch how many tools they were selling and play this game of jump rope with what was legal and what wasn't. And honestly, I do find this quite interesting and horrible in the worst of ways. I mean, we've heard about these motivational and self-help products before. That isn't new. And again, while some self-help may be actually helpful or useful, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the lot of it is just profiting off of others looking for a solution. Still, I didn't really realize how deep this nesting egg really went. I had no idea that Amway leaders were using the tools cult beneath them. Sure, I figured they were, you know, somewhat aware of it and loved how it spread the word about their MLM, but I didn't know quite how manipulative this tool game was. 
Though I'm ultimately not surprised because the leaders within pyramid schemes have gone to great lengths to profit off of pain before, and I suppose this isn't really that much different. It's just a shame how many scams within scams there probably are out there and maybe we just haven't caught them yet. It can always get worse, unfortunately, right? Well, go figure because it does, as per usual. So yeah, Amway seemed to spearhead the tools and tape scam, but it's evolved over the years, naturally, and it's become those free vacation seminars, MLM speaker variety types, and plenty more of the sorts. Other MLMs saw their success and worked it into their own pyramid schemes, and now it's a beast unto itself. The modern tape scam looks a lot different than the old Amway, and so many new elements have been introduced, so something had to replace the cassette tape, right? Now, the first element of it that I want to discuss is the free vacation incentive, and free with a gigantic asterisk. Asterisk? Asterisk. Ugh, I always butcher that word. Now, this isn't abnormal for companies to do, right? Banks, tech companies, clothing stores, pretty much everyone does it. Bimal Rath, the founder of the HR consulting company Think Talent Services, says that they're an accepted part of sales practice now. Using a vacation as an incentive is a little bit messed up in my book, like why not just give your employees an acceptable amount of vacation days per year, but MLMs use it as an incentive to recruit. And in a way, this is a lot like those costly seminars that distributors paid for with Amway. You're effectively paying to hear about how you can make a company more profitable. Plus, as we've seen in the past, if you're unable to earn this trip, then it's seen as a failure on your part, even though the tools to supposedly help you do better are at this trip in the first place. Just make it make sense. Tracy, who posted her MLM Mary Kay story to Pink Truth, explained how she'd witnessed people hustle for years to get these trips and get outside validation. And because that's really what these trips are, they're not vacations, they're motivational vacations conferences that tell these sellers that they're amazing for being there. They're special, talented, and they need to continue and work harder and harder every day. I'm not trying to say that you won't get to relax at all, but let's just be honest here. Like this is a vacation that you could buy and enjoy yourself. And you'd probably enjoy it a little bit more if you did that. But instead, distributors spend hours upon hours selling and signing people up only to go to a conference that tells them to keep doing that exact thing. I just think this is absolutely a tool for the company to make more money, and I don't really think anyone's disagreeing with me on it either. But here's the thing, back when Amway had conferences in the 1980s and you had to pay a ton of money for seminars all the time, there weren't like Zoom meetings either, right? That's pretty obvious. Now, even if being motivated by an upline is way more accessible, I would argue it's actually become more dangerous for that very reason. Every call with your upline, every Zoom conference, every online get together is a mini motivational conference. It's just a mini version of that trip. You may not be paying for a ticket, but you're paying with your time and with whatever that upline insists you need in order to make those sales and recruits. But don't just take it from me because you can take it from the upline themselves too. There are motivational speakers and uplines out there that teach you how to scam your distributors. I'm sorry, I must've read that wrong how to be a good upline. I always treat my upline as my parents and online as my children's. It's not a lack of motivation, it's a lack of clarity. That's the problem, not motivation, but clarity, okay? So it's very important that your team- are So yeah, you wanna know why they're not finding the success that they're hoping for? 
because it's multi-level marketing and 99% of people fail. That's probably why, but I digress. The seminars are now online, tapes don't exist anymore, and the same motivational books are reused again and again. The same hollow messages are being effectively replayed on a loop to anyone who will listen. So now what's left with those leaders? What about these supposed kingpins? Are there any left? Well, sort of. When I first started podcasting and making videos online, an online store was the furthest thing from my mind. Then I opened my merch shop a couple years ago and I found out how easy it was and it was because I used Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop page to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star, the brand new feature to Shopify, and it's very exciting. One of the things I really like about Shopify is just how user-friendly it is. It is so incredibly easy. You don't have to know a bunch of HTML coding or anything to get your site up and running. It does all the heavy lifting for you and allows you to focus on you and your business. Shopify powers about 10% of all e-commerce businesses in the United States. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and even Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash multilevel, all lowercase. Again, that's shopify.com slash multilevel. Now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Again, that's shopify.com slash multilevel. Y'all ask this question all the time. How do I get motivated? I just want to get motivated. New Year's comes around. Everyone's like, I just want to get motivated. I just need to get motivated. No, you don't. No, you don't. You do not need to get motivated. You need to get momentum. We said that kingpins was what the leaders of the tape business or tool cult were called. And while that was very exclusive to Amway, as opposed to say Unique or LuLaRoe and other newer MLMs, these modern day pyramid schemes have their own leaders too. And they're selling hollow flowery words in a whole new different way. Take Rachel Hollis, for example. I know I've discussed her a bit before, but not in this context. In a sense, she's a kingpin of the modern age, selling people on MLMs as a motivational speaker. The New York Times says that her happy place is a stage in front of an adoring audience, and she's come to make a home and living there. Tickets to her speaking events have been sold out, and as the daughter of a Pentecostal preacher, she has that real MLM, evangelical, Christian, motivational speaker vibe to her. And again, I really don't wanna say that all motivational speakers are bullshit, but when so many fall into this kind of stereotype, it's not really hard to notice that. The books she sells are also like the new evolution of those popular MLM self-help books too. Girl, Wash Your Face was highly recommended to distributors, especially around 2018. And Rachel catered to her MLM audience frequently. One Medium author said she originally felt like she was in a fairy tale, following along this motivational path, and so many women had recommended these books that she just couldn't ignore it. Quote, the loudest supporter was a former Arbonne consultant who had seen Hollis speak as a keynote speaker at a big Arbonne convention in Vegas and swore by the empowering content of her bestseller, Girl, Wash Your Face. 
For this medium author, Gillian, and other women like her, Rachel Hollis was exactly what she aspired to be, a self-made entrepreneur, a Christian woman, and even a best-selling author. Who wouldn't want those things and that level of admiration? However, just like the kingpins who came before her, Rachel's messages are often hollow. Do better, work harder, and in her case, also remember to wash your face. Even more than that, some say that her advice is flat out dangerous, like her advice on dating, for example. She seemed to tout the message that true love can fix all, which is often used to excuse terrible behaviors, even in abusive relationships. I don't want to say that former kingpins never gave dating advice before, but they did primarily focus on selling and recruitment. Rachel Hollis seemed to give all kinds of advice in her books, targeted towards women and truly solidifying MLMs as a way of life and a community, not simply a job. Obviously, over the years, these haven't been her only controversies and far from it. Now, as her company grew and her women's conferences company grew, her persona changed. Former employees said she went from personable and friendly to completely standoffish, walking in with sunglasses on and ignoring everybody. The wealth seemed to go straight to her head as she also began plagiarizing quotations that she used on Instagram. Hollis also seemed to become completely disconnected and ignorant if she wasn't already. She used a picture and metaphor about tomatoes to talk about the Black Lives Matter movement. She compared herself to Harriet Tubman when she was called unrelatable for having a maid and has continuously deleted and remade apologies related to her offensive conversations around women of color. This is frankly behavior I'd expect from leaders in the new modern tools cult, you know, best-selling self-help, hollow motivational books. I know that it seems we may have strayed a tad far from our original topic, but the MLM message has remained the same. Stay motivated, get back up, believe in yourself, etc., etc., etc. Only now we've found new ways to deliver that same message. For a time, Hollis's company was in the spotlight for its delivery. But as typical and expected as that may be, Hollis isn't alone. She gets a lot of deserved backlash, but other MLM motivational speakers have been just as bad as her, if not actually worse. She's only the tip of this iceberg. Take Tony Robbins, for example. According to Network Marketing Central, quote, he believes that harnessing the power of network marketing is the perfect vehicle to give value to the world. Most importantly, if you are going to add value, you can't just hope that ideas are going to appear. MLMs are, of course, something he speaks about during his pseudoscience and largely anecdotal seminars. But aside from promoting barely legal pyramid schemes, Robin has also crossed the line into not so legal territory as he's been accused of sexual misconduct. Honestly though, this shouldn't be surprising when you listen closely to his messages. You think Rachel Hollis gives bad dating advice? Well, Robbins has supposedly berated victims of rape or domestic abuse during his self-help sessions. Buzzfeed News reported that five women came forward, even with some swearing under oath to their accounts of what happened. These accounts ranged from him doggedly pursuing staff to expecting women to work alone with him while naked in a hotel room. And as for blaming women for abuse, well, I'll let Tony Robbins tell you his views on that in his own words. She likes to call it emotional abuse. What the fuck is emotional abuse? Are we that fucking weak that someone can't tell you with passion what they fucking feel without them abusing you? Tell me about that. What led to that? What role did you play? I'm not suggesting there's any excuse for hitting women, so hear me. But I also want you to know that people don't just act a certain fucking way. 
But what I find when I usually dig in and I take the time, what they call abuse, is a relabeling of they didn't like what the person said or did. Has he loved you? Has he looked out for you? Has he put up with you when you've been a crazy bitch? Have you ever been a crazy bitch? Ever? Probably. Soon this guy be out, strung up and shot. The way you described it, he certainly should. And I would normally join you if I didn't know you were lying. Not that you're lying that he is not behaving ways that are great all the time, or even harsh. But just, I know by your body that you're lying. Okay, so a woman tells him that she was physically abused, and his first question is, what role did you play? Then he goes on to tell her that at least the guy has put up with her. I, mm, that is an extremely twisted and frankly disgusting mindset to have. And this person is a motivational speaker? How? Well, anyway, here's the thing. I I think that we've forgotten what motivation means in all of this. Like the word motivation, like the definition is changing or these people are trying to change its definition. Motivation, ambition, drive, determination, whatever you want to call it. I think it really all stems from one thing, and that's the desire and willingness to do something. Obviously, in this case, it's about motivating people to be successful. But does blaming domestic abuse victims motivate anyone? Do hollow, flowery words like love conquers all actually motivate people? Does shifting blame for failure of an inherently bad business model motivate anybody? In the short term, maybe these seminars can spark an I can do it attitude, but these tools and these seminars are not long-term solutions and I don't think they were ever meant to be. These tools are meant to keep people brainwashed and believing that there's a way out, all while shifting blame and making them feel ashamed if they aren't good enough. If you're not a millionaire by now, then apparently it's your fault. You have the tools after all. In my opinion, Hollis, Robbins, any of them, I just don't think they're motivational speakers. I think they're manipulative speakers. These tools have shifted over the years to adapt to our lifestyles, but which do you think is worse? The Amway era tools cults or the tools MLMs use today to keep people going? Let me know your thoughts. But that's the end of today's episode, so I want to thank you so much for joining me for another Multi-Level Mondays. As always, I really do appreciate you joining me, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye!